better get out of it before Harrison fucking crashes into a mountain with his plane one of these days. Good evening, folks, or morning, or afternoon, whenever the hell you're listening to this. We're not picky. Uh, welcome to No Councils for Old Men, and I'm Scott McGregor. We're a very unorthodox unorthodox uh, episode tonight. Um, I'm, I'm without my, my hetero life mate, Dr. Bill Robinson. Had to take the night off. Uh, <laughs> props to Kevin Smith on that one. Um, and we've got a few guests in the studio tonight, and uh, we're going to do... Well, you know what? I'm not even sure what the topic is tonight. We've kind of got a theme-ish, and we're going to go with it and see where it takes us. But it's going to be fun. So to begin with, I'm going to introduce my co-host tonight. We have the ever-popular hair metal hero. Uh, we're going to call him like the, 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 the co-anchor here, and he's officially Dr. Bill's fill-in. I think for uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You know? <laughs> Um, and we've got, uh, Brian Hughes, who I've done a fuck, uh, a fuck. No, I have not done a fuck with Brian Ooh. Hughes. I've done a couple podcasts with Brian Hughes. Wow. Um, <laughs> but most notably recently are, uh, Fear the Walking Dead casts, which will be returning in August. Plug. Hello. Uh, Hello. And, uh, Brian has brought along a pretty much virgin to the podcasting community, at least two true freaks, which we always love to bust cherries on my shows. Uh, so welcome, Bill Boyer. Hey, greetings, Earthlings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk video games, because that's what this show is about. We may actually be recording another show later, so trying to multitask and keep it all straight. We can do it. We can do it. I have faith in us, uh, or I have faith in my powers to edit the weird stuff out later, at least. Um, so, tonight's topic, um, we got talking, Brian has, is, uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a fan of the show, because you, you constantly are making great suggestions for shows in the, on the Facebook group, um, and we've, we've, we've stolen from you several times now at this point. So he, Brian actually has a, a co-producer credit on no consoles from old men at this point, pretty much. And it pays as well as producer. Um, so enjoy that. Wait, you, you don't <laughs> get paid? No, not yet. Still waiting on that. Um, Demands corp check. It's a, it's a cannoli stipend actually. <laughs> yeah. It's a cannoli stipend, but they, they still haven't told me what bakery to go to here and pick them up. I haven't got my voucher yet. So, <laughs> Talk to Honeywell about that one. <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping he brings back the cannolis from New York City next weekend because they've yeah. got to have better cannolis down there. Yeah, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yes, mm, I digress. Words. <laughs> no, I really want a freaking cannoli, and I have no idea where to get one at this hour. But, uh, yes, yeah, so you were suggesting, you said you wanted to get on a show about um, some of the old-school like first-person shooters. Um, and we're talking, and very timely, because a new version of Doom came out. And Doom, the original, was kind of, it was definitely like my first experience with a first-person shooter. And Wolfenstein, Castle Wolfenstein, was one of the very, very early ones on PCs. And so I think we'll talk a little bit about the history of shooters like that. And you guys are old school, um, like Quake and Doom players. And um, we're going to kind of fold that topic into also talking about kind of online playing experiences like LAN parties, uh, which for those of you that don't know, what does LAN mean? You tech guys, technically. Local area network. Right. There we go. 
And um, and I do know that. I don't know why I blanked on it for a second, but thanks for picking up the Slack Hero. <laughs> and uh, so I'm almost going to really kind of give the first part of the show to Brian and Bill. And they want to go over a little bit of their history of, of playing games together. Um, and then we'll hear from Hero if you've got some good stories. I myself have not had a lot of experience playing online stuff with people. I've just never had like enough video game nerd friends to assemble a decent land party or we didn't have the right equipment or whatever it came down to. I played I some online the dark side of modern <laughs> multiplayer gaming for sure. Yeah. Well, I think maybe we're going to almost give ourselves a little historic cutoff. We'll talk about some of the early stuff and some of the, some of the online stuff that you could play through some of, you know, the like battle, old battle net, you know, Bungie and, and blizzard and like, you know, early days of like online world of Warcraft and, and command and conquer and stuff like that. Oh wow! Um, I don't know if we get there. I'm more interested in kind of hearing what you guys used to do together. Uh, well, you know what? What I would start with is just talking a little bit of, of you know some history there as far as the whole shooter thing goes, because I was sitting there looking back on it. You know, of course, and, and I knew that that Wolfenstein was is considered to be the de facto first person you know first first person shooter game right that was out three, 3d shooter yeah 3d shooter now the thing was there was an earlier wolfenstein game earlier castle wolfenstein oh, game yeah. done by a completely different company i remember seeing it back in 1982 being played on my band directors uh apple i think it was an apple two or apple two <laughs> e um so years later, when Wolfenstein came out, I thought, okay, wow, they put out another, you know, another one. And it was different. Of course, you know, I played it a little bit, but I was just kind of like not quite there yet, you know. And then uh, the company, you know, called ID Software, not ID, but ID as in kid. And it was a whole play on the ID and ego and all that, as, as I found out about the name. Um, you know, they put out uh, Doom and uh, Wolfenstein before that as shareware. Where you could, uh, you know, get it, get a copy of it online and play it, and it would only take you so far. Right. And if you wanted to play the rest of it, you'd have to pay to get it, which was, you know, it was something that was done a little bit. But I think they they capitalized on it more than anybody else at the time. They got 15 million downloads, and you know, you had over 20 million players around the world oh, yeah, playing yeah. this it's game. The, it's the most installed software other, of all time, I believe, mm-hmm. the shareware. Yeah, and at yeah. 56K, it took a while to download, too. Okay. Yeah. But, that, uh, that was very big for a lot of games. They, a lot of games jumped on that bandwagon in the early days of the Internet and stuff that they would give you, yeah, your demo levels and then click through here and have your credit card ready for, for the full version. Yeah. In uh, 1994, I got a job working at a tech company, AST Computers, and uh, I worked my way up the the chain as much as I could in the time that I had and I is this I don't know if this was before or after Bill joined us at AST and you'll have to remind me Bill it was Memorial Day 1995 when it all came to a really big head no I hired in about 96 so okay so I missed you that miss, you missed that um the Memorial Day 1995 was one of those days where they scheduled everybody to work like it was a normal day but no calls were coming into support whatsoever. And I, I did laptop support at that time. And um, Business portables. Yeah, business portables, excuse me. Yeah, as I said, did we even have laptops way back then? They, well, they were, they were mostly boat anchors and, and things like that. I mean, our company, <laughs> yeah. the, 
the company of AST they, at that point had also bought Grid Systems. Now, Grid was like a government resource uh, computer maker in the 80s. They actually put in the, the Grid Case computers that went up in the shuttle Challenger and other space shuttles. Magnesium cased, real hard bodied, uh, real durable and rugged. And uh, they, you know, when the when the Challenger went up, they actually recovered the computer from the ocean, mm-hmm. and it still worked. That's how tough these things were. Um, oh. <laughs> AST, you know, acquired Grid amongst you know many other things they did, and but they were making uh, the Premium Exec, which was an early uh, you know business laptop, and that was one that we were supporting there. But we got we, they started developing some higher tech stuff then. Three eighty six and four eighty six laptops were what was out at the time, and I was supporting, you know, the, those systems. Um, that Memorial Day, though, like I said, nobody was calling in because it was the business portables line. It wasn't like your consumer line because right. there really wasn't consumer line laptops just yet. And so we're all sitting there, about 100 of us, uh, maybe maybe not quite that many, but it's all sitting there just doing nothing. And someone got a copy of Doom and put it out on a share and, so everybody started pulling it down, and we found that on the Aspect phone switch, we could network up to four phones into a conference and network four computers into the game and play it. And this was unheard of, you know, in, in like in a home computer environment. Nobody had ever networked all their computers together and played a game online at all. Mm-hmm. So we're all having this great time. Of course, we got our headsets on. We're, we're sitting there playing the game, and it's like, you know, being in Aliens or whatever. And I remember... You know, one person comes up, okay, I got the shotgun. Another one says, you know, I, I, I've got, you know, the, the, the machine gun. What do you have? And one guy goes, I've got this. And everybody turns to look at him in the game and see that he has a rocket launcher. <laughs> and, of course, someone says, do not fire that in here. Because if he had, it would have killed all of us, just like that scene in True Lies. Yeah. <laughs> so we're sitting there doing it, and everybody else starts doing it, brought down the network. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was that was that was uh, it was pretty fun, but it didn't matter because no calls came in at all that day. We didn't we didn't miss any customers uh, as far as it goes. But it, it was since known as the Memorial Day Doom Tournament. Now I'll, <laughs> I'll let Bill come in on on that part right there because he uh, he he liked to use uh, those games to um, test things. Yeah, well, you have to remember back then, nothing had built-in network capability. Right. On a laptop, you had a PCMCIA card that plugged in for any modem or network connection. And, of course, you had to have a card in the desktop computer. So it was a big deal. And invariably, somebody would say, hey, this card doesn't work, blah, 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 can't do this. So you'd have to test it. And usually a game was a pretty good test of whether or not you were going to crash the network and right. the connection. Still is some today in some games, too. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one of the one of the games that helped us an awful lot was Duke Nukem 3D. Oh yeah. Now I I was uh, in later on in my career there I was a trainer and so I actually got to put together the class curriculums and everything and we had to do a networking class. Now you get a bunch of techs in a room and if you just going to give them a bunch of facts and everything for them to write down and study, it's not going to help a whole lot. But you give them a goal. And they will, you know, build a bridge. Mm. So what I did was, okay, guys, here is how we're going to set up the network. Now, this class is two hours long. As soon as you guys get the network built, I've got a copy of Duke Nukem 3D on the server. (laughs) You guys can play it for the remainder of the class. They had that network up in 20 minutes. (laughs) Every time. 
It's positive, positive reinforcement at its best right there. Yeah. yeah. And my favorite quote from Duke Nukem is, ah, much better. Oh, yeah. If you <laughs> remember where the toilet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was one of those. That, that, that one took some chances even early on uh, as far as, you know, testing the boundaries of uh, good, taste. good taste, maybe. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> you, you know you could tip the strippers and they would flash you. Some oh, yes. Push, but, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, Dude. but going you know going back to Doom though, Doom was the the seminal game though. That was the one that really opened up all the floodgates, not just for first person shooters, but for modifications. Is what back then they called those uh, wads. Wads. Where they would yeah wads w a d s. And I know that that's actually an oh yeah yeah I remember that. And um, yeah. we would get you know it's like every week someone would come up with a new one, and we had someone to put together, which I thought still to this day was the best modification of a game. It was an Aliens modification. So you could hear, yeah. you, could hear you, you know, Bill Paxton going, we're some real pretty shit now, yeah. or let's rock, or, you know, just yeah. any of those big quotes from that. And the sound, you know, everything they pulled, I guess, from the, 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 the movie itself, it was just all seamless and very well done. And even what they did with the graphics to make it look like actual Aliens was, uh, was pretty cool. Nice. It, <laughs> it made for a creepy, creepy game. I didn't know that was so much. I see. I really didn't know much about Doom being online at all. I mean, it, I always just played it on the PC, and I must not have got past like Doom Two or something for a while, or or whatever, and just never even knew that one was online. I'd moved on to other right. things, I guess. That's, but. that's the game that spurred people on to buy computers so they could play it. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we should yeah. talk about that. Just what a sea change it was from, you know, almost before Doom and after Doom. As far as video games, I, I do have to kind of dispute, uh, according to our infallible um, research, you know, resource here, uh, Wikipedia, um, Wolfenstein 3D is not like technically the first first-person shooter. Um, they're saying stuff like Maze War and uh, Spasm. Yeah, like there's a couple basically of stuff made for the DoD. You know, uh, combat simulators and stuff, and space flight simulator. And, and I, I remember this one very well, but Battle Zone in the uh, Ooh, in the arcades the was game. yeah that was, was a, that was a vector graphics game. Yeah, but I mean that was kind of you know technically one of the first 3D things out there like that too, where you were you know, yeah first person. Technically, none that, of those games are 3D though. Yeah, no, no, no Battle Zone the illusion was. Of 3D. Was it? Yeah, uh, there well, were certain I mean, arcade it, versions that you could play on the thing with the scope, where it appeared yeah. to be more 3D than okay. you know. Yeah. I mean, because he had Wolfenstein and Duma, just it's all sprites. Yeah. No, no well, those were the first two that you had, you know, you were like doing this 3D shit in color and you were looking at walls that look like walls, you know, even with, you know, the graphics, you know, well, the graphics back then, it was all subjective context. It's like that looked so real to me back then when I first saw Doom. It was yeah. just like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure my jaw was on the floor and I was drooling on my feet. It's just like, what has happened here? <laughs> you know? And I'd play the thing and I'd suck horribly at it, but it's like, it was like such a drug. You know, that was one of the first games that really nailed it home to me that it's like, oh my God, it's like this thing affects my heartbeat and my adrenaline <laughs> levels and my endorphins and like, this is freaking awesome, you know. But see, yeah. Doom, Doom gave us something. Monopoly just never did this to me. I don't know that, you know. But but Doom gave us something else in there too that 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 we really hadn't gotten in other games, and that was the cheat codes. 
Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you remember you could type in God or, you know, whatever to get all the weapons, and you could sit there and... Which back then you had to go find in, like, magazines and, and well, bu- bulletin boards if you knew how to even get on a freaking bulletin board. You know? Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> well, well I... civilians like me, you know, I, I wasn't in the tech world like you guys, so I was, yep. like, just IRC. I... <laughs> absorbing yeah, we... little bits and pieces I could find, you know. We were actually notorious <laughs> on uh, using a 300 baud modem on a Commodore 64. I think I alienated half the people in the Metroplex that were getting onto the bulletin boards around there. I didn't intend to, but somehow, some way, tend to rub the people the wrong way. (laughs) I don't really remember much about Doom. I kind of went from Wolfenstein, I got into other text adventure games, that kind of thing, and then all of a sudden they came out with this CD, Quake. They sold it at 7-Eleven for $10. Oh, yeah. You got to play the first, what, two levels for free? I think on Quake, yeah, it was like the first two levels, and then after that you had to buy to get get further. But you could actually, if you got that CD, it had, didn't it have the whole game on it, and you just had to get the license code to unlock it? Yeah, and it had Hexen and a bunch of other stuff on it, too, full versions. Hexen and and Heretic. And they actually were, were creating a third one. What was that, Hecticomb? Uh, that uh, that they were making in, in that, but they just the, the sales on uh, now Hexen was the sequel to Heretic, right? Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. And Hecticomb was going to be the third one, but they uh, they never did that. And that was just basically kind of like your Dungeons and Dragons versions of the yeah. first-person shooters. Oh, Doom. Yeah, it was Doom with swords and, and spells. Yeah, so. it reminded me of Ozzy Osbourne running around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then uh, of course you know it. The, the guys from Ed, you know, they had a, an office in Mesquite, and it was just one of those cube offices and everything. But as soon as Doom really hit, money-wise, every you, you, you drive by that building in Mesquite, and you would see Lamborghini, Ferrari, you know. They they bought every one of the toys, because they were our age back then. Right. We yeah. were young, you know, at that point, and they were kids just like us. And, and they were basically were the- in this Hail Mary freaking industry that just got started, and yeah. you know, they, they got they caught in the rock pencil. stars. Yeah. Now, they've moved the offices since then to Richardson, and I don't even know if the company itself is still around. I know in 2009 they got bought out, so I, I don't know. Are they still calling the new Doom a product of id? Or are I they believe so. It? Okay. And, so. uh, Unless it's like with Activision or somebody else, it could be. I could be wrong. Uh, it's shit. games nowadays. I swear, there's like ten different producers every time I boot one up, and you know, it's like. Oh movies. yeah, you've got the Blizzard and. <laughs> yeah, it's like movies that. now. It's like produced by this and this and this and this. And this. So they're so you know, huge. I mean, so. As far so, as Quake goes, does anybody remember what the story is in Quake? It's vaguely oh. science fiction, but also kind of fantasy. Wasn't it kind of a melding of the two? I don't recall the at first all. First one. The first one was about demons or something. Yeah. Cause, but the second one, I think, was more in space. Well, you had it? guns and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so. Quake 2, you got teleported down in a pod, and there was monsters. Well, the pod, I think, was actually coming in from orbit, and you actually crashed down on the planet, if I remember that right. And yeah, that was Quake 2. The all these will be confirmed in the uh, YouTube videos. I, I dredge up for this later, so we'll, we'll have the answers in post production. Well, Quake really <laughs> messed messed with my mind at one point because uh, we were th- that was really. Would you say that was that was where we started with the land parties, wasn't it, Bill? Yeah, we we played a little Quake, and then somebody came out with a Team Fortress patch, and that was you know Deathmatch, 
yeah, capture the flag, and that kind of. And when that when that came out, and you could play different classes, that was the game changer there for for you know like the land party because. I, I suck at just straight on competition, one person, one on one kind of thing. But you give me a goal, and I will run with it. And I would usually like in the, in the, in those terms, but it would be like the engineer kind of guy that would know. Okay, I got to go over here and blow this up, or I have to go over here and wire this, or I have to go here and do this, rather than being the guy that would run around and shoot everybody. Yeah, you could build the uh, sentry gun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I generally went for stuff like that or rocket launcher. I always loved to do rocket launcher because that gave you some space and you know. One shot, one And kill, I was right? also the guy that would blow, you know, would be in an, a freaking elevator with the rest of my team and accidentally hit the trigger. Oh, that's all the hell. Uh, so as I said, that's why I didn't play a lot of online stuff because I was Leroy Jenkins. I was friggin' the, the guy that messed up royally every time somehow. Yeah, well, we we had all get together. Brian had an apartment and a succession of roommates and we would get together over there and there's usually four or five of us had a little cheap hub plugged in and we would game and consume alcohol and eat pizza and till two or three in the morning and it kind of grew from there it was pretty insane i played a lot of like the battlefield series online i got pretty good at that and valve was coming up at the same time with you know the online stuff you could do with uh with Half Life and Team Fortress yeah. came directly from Valve. And right, the, the regular, yeah. the regular, yeah, regular Team Fortress. Counter Strike. The yes. Quake Team Fortress is really interesting because it would let you throw in the mods on that. And I remember we had like an X Men mod. Right. Yeah, I remember and that. So I was playing Cannonball, sitting there shooting across the <laughs> the field of battle. You know, <laughs> hit something cannonball again into something else you know didn't have any weapons to fire but it was pretty cool flying like that <laughs> and I, I don't remember if anyone could be wolverine in that though but that was that was damn cool i just remember having so much fun with that yeah they had a simpsons patch or something as well if i recall <laughs> i remember that one too yeah yeah this was like quake 2 i think i, yeah. I think i owned quake 2 but i don't think i ever owned any of the other ones do you remember the level in i believe it was quake 2 where the gravity was almost zero. No, that was Quake One, and that, that was, was uh, Ziggurat Vertigo. That's right, Ziggurat Vertigo. And I, I just remember playing that one so much, being so uh, involved with with that, and trying to learn it in single or multiplayer, that I would start dreaming about it at night. <laughs> it had the lava and the pyramid. Yeah, yeah and I just in my in my dream, I'd just be flying through the room, not able to control where I'm going, and. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You shoot the gun and you start going the wrong direction and you, oh man that was that was so, uh, dude, I'm, so I'm not the only one that, <laughs> I'm not the only one that that dreams their games then that's comforting at least I think you, you ha- it has to be one that you play an awful lot or just go for you know you'll sit there and play a game so long and you're huh. like if if it's a really good game to get your adrenaline going you will realize after a while I have not blinked. Yeah. Oh yeah. And your eyes are starting to get that 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 yeah, you're just, over feeling. You're basically you know. hard writing onto your, your your own hard drive. You know and, the activities of, of your virtual like, world. It's going to yeah. stay there. <laughs> but it was games like that that next thing you know it's four in the morning. You're like crap. Where'd the night go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were uh, yeah. we were at one apartment and uh, we were working on these laptops. That, I think Bill, did you have an Essentia J? 
Yeah. Uh, we, we both had these laptops. Essentially, Jays were like one of the last couple of laptops they made before the company really started. Pentium uh, 100. Yeah. Before the company yeah. started going downhill. And we were playing just Quake on that. Not Quake 2, but Quake on that. And it was uh, one night when we were doing that, unfortunately, when uh, Princess Diana died. So we had had that on the TV all night, when, you know, waiting to see what happened. And then to find out that she'd passed away. And I think... In that same night, you know, everybody's wanting you to work on their laptop to get it up to speed. And um, I was working on one of them that I think was my roommate's. And I accidentally deleted everything in the C drive. Thanks. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's you know, the, the games like that. If you remember, we had to sit there and work within DOS. Yeah. To make sure that we had enough upper memory to play the games. And you had yeah. to sit there and work around on the config sys and the system. What, what, what was the other file? What was the other file, Bill? Config sys and... You had to ask me. Yeah, I know, because I'm like, all of a sudden, it's config sys. It's not system.dat, but no. you know, there, were, there were two files that you had to sit there and go through and mess with your upper memory in order to be able to, to get the game to play. And I was actually, back at that time, pretty decent at configuring upper memory. I could usually you know free up for anybody to get them the upper memory to play most games. And so that's what, where I wind up sitting there messing around on their computers. And just one time, I, I did the wrong thing at the wrong time and deleted everything in the root of C. I, I got to say that it's a very cool that I, I actually have people with tech understanding on this show, finally, instead of the usual mooks like me and Dr. Bill who are just like, make us toys to play. Um, so very, <laughs> very cool that you guys are giving us a little, little Star Trek techno battle here. Cause, well, so a lot of it's just it. going... Over my head, but <laughs> yeah, so sit cool. here and and uh, oh, it was the auto exec dot bat. See, ah, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. I'm I recognize that reference. So yeah, I'm, I'm sniffing rosemary leaves right now to help my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and the moment I took my first, is that my problem? Am I sniffing the wrong leaves? Is that why my memory is going leaf doesn't help, Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, the autoexec.bat and it can fix this. And, and I mean, you know, we've gone, you know, ages beyond that kind of work and what we do. I mean, now you can get pretty much any game loaded up and it'll run. Yeah. And it just either runs faster or slower depending upon your resources. Or and it runs really fast and you can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that was an, a, another problem we had back then is that, you know, in the, the 80s, when they first started building, like, the XTs and such, and, uh, I had an 8088, which is, what was that, 8 megahertz? 4.77. Okay, 4.7, but it had the turbo switch. And uh, anyway, there was a game that I had on that, and it was kind of like uh, you, you were controlling, a uh, like, the Pacific Fleet. And mm. you could sit there and look at everything from each ship or helicopter or whatever but it was a real-time oh, game it, it was a real-time game and if you took it and you put it on a 386 it would go so fast you would die like that yeah you, know? yeah. <laughs> you had to go in and see if there was a clock within the game in a text file usually a uh, config.ini or something along those lines yeah. in order to slow it down so you could play it i've learned a lot over the years but it, it's nice that backwards compatibility has gotten so much easier now you just like <laughs> click and run as a you know XP Vista. I've never had to say run as a Vista. Luckily, I, I don't know why that hasn't come up. But well, when I found the <laughs> boss box and I found the uh, yeah, the tools so you could play the old Lucas Arts point and click game, I was yeah. like, oh, thank God. 
Now, which which games are you talking about? Like uh, Grim Fandango or? Oh no, they're even earlier than that. Loom, uh, the the Indiana Jones point and oh. click games. Yeah, I got those uh, off full the store recently. Those, yeah, all those LucasArts point and click games with, are gold. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I still have my putting stuff like that out with emulators, you know, prepackaged. Yeah. Now it's beautiful. <laughs> I still have though? a Wishbringer. Oh map my god! The wall and the nice. little glow in the dark rock. Yeah, I had that for my Commodore 64. You still got that map from Leather Goddess of Phobos? I think I still have the whole thing. Uh, with the scratch sniff book. Have, have you guys on for that show too? Because we're gonna do a whole show about just like the lost art of, of game packaging, man. That you just don't get with digital downloads. You know, the no, maps and the manuals, and oh god, there used to be some beautiful stuff made. Yeah, but there was also the the, the torturous stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Remember Star Trek, the 25th anniversary game? Yep. Yeah, that freaking map. Yeah, thank no, you. No, 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 no. I, not even the map. 19 discs, all right? <laughs> yeah, that's and true. The I thing had is, the CD like, version. <laughs> oh, I hate you. It was so good. <laughs> no, put in disc 3, put in disc 4, yeah. put in disc 5, put in disc 4, put in disc 5, put in disc 4, put in disc 5, put in disc... <laughs> and this would go on for hours. Yeah. Maybe that was a copy protection thing. That was a big game for the time. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. And that was a brilliant game, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I played the first, that. The first time I heard da 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 started and uh you know we had the couple small ones that were at my apartment but then i got into a house and then it was on <laughs> and what was it you were saying bill about because you had you you t- telling me earlier about a lot of stuff on that oh well we started playing more and more games different variety and of course he needed a better video card a faster computer so we went from laptops to desktops and people were dragging big monitors in and pretty soon we had consumed a whole big living room and it would get so hot in there middle of winter you'd have all the windows open and you'd still be sweating we had cords running down the hall to the bedrooms because we kept shutting the breakers off we had 22 machines at one time hooked up networked wow we were we were playing Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, which is a, a wonderful multiplayer game. So you can be the Axis or the Allies, and we had so many people playing there. One guy got so excited he started shouting uh, orders in German. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> Did he know German before playing the game? Because that would be kind of scary if he just kind of all of a sudden got possessed by it. Like, Maybe guy. he had a stroke. No, he. Uh, this is a, a friend of mine, and I've talked about him on other shows. Kevin Topham, uh, J. Kevin Topham, who he does incredible impressions of like, uh, what's his name from? Uh, well, he he does a great Bane uh, from you know Batman, but uh, he also does uh, what's the guy from James Bond, bald with the scar? Uh, Blofeld. Blofeld. He does a, a, an amazing Blofeld, but he he does German if he needs to. He does a good Hannibal Lecter when needed to. Uh, very very talented fellow and yeah he was the one that was actually shouting orders in German that night um, of course 
you know, Bill, Bill is going on, and you can continue on about the, um, the technical part, because like you guys saw in the, the 90s, it was the games that led the, the boom on, you know, increasing your RAM, increasing your, yeah, your, uh, your processor, upgrading everything. The, the, the games just caused everybody to do that. Yeah. And not everybody was keeping up. And then, of course, there was, as we were getting into the, the age of the Internet, the age of malware and the age of viruses, there was, you know, a lot of trouble with that. And you want to get a bunch of people on your network playing and they're bringing their own computer. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a grab bag of you don't know what is going to happen. So the first several hours were always just getting everybody to, into a position to be able to get on. And uh, what I think Bill had had a story or two <laughs> in, 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 in setting up uh, somebody's laptop or desktop. Bill. Yeah. So you'd have to go in and you know you try to install it and he would say, oh, you don't have enough resources. So you'd ask him, you know, is there stuff you want to get rid of? Yeah, I got this on there. You can delete this, or you know, you might have to clean it up and do some other. So I'm working on this laptop, trying to get the game to install, and there's not enough hard drive space. And the guy says, oh, I've got some pictures on there. You can just go ahead and delete them. And I start trying to delete files, and the machine was infected with something. And all of a sudden, the files started opening up, and it was gay porn. And I'm hitting Alt-F4 like a machine gun trying to close all this. And by that time, everybody's standing around looking over my shoulder, and here's all these... Uh, naked men popping up on the screen I'm like no 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 so after that I said no I'm not going to do this anymore (laughs) the game board or the computer stuff well both (laughs) it's just that you know as as people would come in you know that some people would just show up and they wouldn't have a computer (laughs) and if someone says I got to go to the bathroom or want to take a break get something you think can, can I play at yours Sure. Yeah. You know, and invariably we'd have, you know, my, my late friend, Sean Kaufman, who he would come every single time he would come over, he would set up his computer. He'd have a, a either 19 or 21 inch monitor, real big, huge honking. These CRT. are CRT. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a hundred pound <laughs> monitor, you know, yeah. and he's carrying every piece in Bill smart. Bill loads everything up on a cart and brings it in, you know? But, you know, Sean, he comes in and he's got a full tower system, not just, you know, a mini tower. We're talking the full four feet tall, got 6,000 fans in it, you know, (laughs) and you could cool the whole house with it if you left it open. (laughs) And then he would spend three hours just trying to get it to boot upright so he could sit there and, and load the game that we have. And then the next three hours trying to get the game to work. And then by the time he's finished... We're all like, okay, I'm ready for one more slice of pizza or, or you know, uh, uh, someone will bring over a 12-pack of balls, which is just basically a caffeine drink. But uh, Do they still yeah, sell that? I yeah, don't think so. Do they? Yeah. I, I, I saw, well, you can buy it online. I don't know if you can go into a store and buy it. So who thought it was a good idea to name a soda balls? B-A-W-L-S. Yeah, B-A-W-L-S or L-Z. Yeah, it yeah. came in a blue bottle yeah blue round blue balls why not but <laughs> but see that's the thing also is like the 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 drinks that i mean we'd always have people bring some alcohol and bring something you know usually pretty good some glenlivet or who knows what and then there was also cases of code red 
or... <laughs> Way to buck the stereotype. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, about plenty of, plenty of Mountain Dew. Uh, no diet soda whatsoever, because if you're going to have a treat, have a treat. No, I drank Diet Coke, but I had rum in it usually. Wow, yeah. that offsets it. I never got the Mountain Dew monkey myself. I've always been a coffee man and uh, drink far too much of it, but nope. Never got the Dew monkey. But we'd always... Seen what it does to my co-host. Yeah, we'd always order, like, pizza or whatever for these things. And so everybody would just, you know, chip in for for the pizza or whatever. And invariably, the the guy that comes to deliver the pizza sitting there looking in the door going, well, can I join? You know? (laughs) Yeah, he would just stand there and his jaw would drop he's staring at all these people gaming like oh my god it's heaven bill i'll send you uh, sorry bill, uh, scott i'll send you some uh, some pictures that we have from some of these land parties and you'll get to see how spread about the house people were oh definitely i'll put them in the photoshop man. <laughs> now I, I mean ours weren't the the most notorious ones though because I, mean, I mean you know we were we were one group of uh, of guys and there was you know like like you heard up to 22 at, at, at one point but I've seen ones where they've got, and you can find these on the web, just Google it. You can find one where they've got a guy duct taped to an air handler uh, pipe in the ceiling. And he's basically in a hammock, and he's laying over uh, a, a desktop screen. <laughs> and he's doing everything while he's in a laying position. He's just sitting there hanging from up above. You know, they got people all over the place. Cause, well, you know, avoid the blood space. clots in the legs that way, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, but we we had a, a ten foot table and a six foot table in my back room here, and the back room is about fifteen by eighteen. And then there's two there's a, a a doorway that goes into the kitchen where we'd have three more people on a table there, uh, playing you know at one end of the table, the other and in the middle. And then there's a hallway that goes towards the front, and there would always be like a a, a thin card table with two people, you know, uh, facing each other with their monitors in between and then go up into my front dining room where we actually I had a bar uh, there with a big Formica top um, and you would have a couple people on the bar then we'd have other tables there in the dining room and people would be sitting there on those and then anybody that wasn't playing it could just go up into the front living room and watch TV and it just I mean it got so bad you know, the the brownouts because they, like, they would blow out several circuits in the house and we'd have to go and trip the breakers and everything to get back up. And then we'd have to re-snake all the cables so that we're not pulling all juice from all one section. And even to this day, I probably have 20 or 30 different cables that have a label on it that says Boyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kept going to Fry's. They'd have uh, network cables on sale, and I'd just grab a handful. I think it's a habit of anyone that owns any kind of computer equipment. Because I, I still have like three bins full of old freaking wires and plugs and power sources that I'll never ever use again. But can't throw them out because just can't. I know you never know. You might need <laughs> yeah. it somewhere. Yeah. I, I have I a, a box like that, and there's some DB25 serial cables in there, <laughs> and I refuse to throw them out. See, that's what's even worse is I, I don't I'm not even tech savvy enough to know what kind of cables I have, so I just have literally a, a box full of nameless snakes that are useless to me. Serial is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a a joke at one of my jobs um, because uh, in the late '80s, uh, '90s, I'm sorry, they started putting infrared serial ports on the laptops, mm-hmm. so you could actually do 
a wireless transmission, and this is long before we had any kind of wireless network. Yeah. And so we actually tried playing Doom across that serial connection. There's no way it would work. Yeah. But at least you could, you know, find a nice spot there in between where a cat could lay down and warm up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, they would. They would work well enough to transfer a file or maybe do some printing. I think some of the printers had an IR port, and you could play Solitaire, the two-player Solitaire. See, I missed out on somebody. I clearly hung with the wrong group of friends because I had a lot of friends too, but they none of them were into video games like I was. They all just wanted me to go and drink things and smoke stuff and. Well, you know, this was actually... I, a really I can never get a LAN party going. I always wanted to. <laughs> but before the LAN parties, was really a really cool part of life for all of us in, in, in my circle of friends in that uh, several friends had gotten hired on at AST. And then one of them, Sean Kaufman, who I've talked about several times, he got me hired on there, and I helped Bill get hired on there. And we all just kept getting more and more friends hired on there. <laughs> and it... It was the point where we actually were the guys, you know? We, we were the reservoir dogs. We were mm-hmm. the guys walking down the street in the black suits looking cool. <laughs> we were those guys in the building where, you know, it's like, I didn't, you know, we didn't run the place or anything like that. We left that to other people. But we had a damn good time working in our jobs. We did something that we actually enjoyed. We had people that looked up to us. We had people that respected us in a big way. And, you know, it was great for the few years that it lasted but the company itself you know the upper management and the middle management just ate it apart from the inside yeah. and are, are we sure it was upper and middle management it wasn't you guys like playing games on the clock all the time that like no they they, caused they were hemorrhaging the entire internet point. bubble to burst in the late 90s they were they were you know having uh i forget what the ide cables smell a rat <laughs> that that they were they were having having to spend extra money to have extra long ide cables we were hemorrhaging a million dollars a day at one point. Yeah, nice. And this well, was before Samsung bought us in the Korean economy. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that they had one particular hard drive that failed in some laptop, and they had several pallets of them that they threw out at one point? <laughs> nice. It, there was there. We had um, a uh, golly, I'm trying to remember what how this an old. Um, laptop and it used those um, quarter uh, batteries you know the little watch batteries they're about the size of a quarter coin cell and they were taped together in stacks of three or six I was going to say you'd need a few of those to yeah well, you're, you're talking about the premium exec and it had that battery yeah, it had the, it was a C, the CMOS battery is what it was, and it also worked as a hot swap battery, so it holds your memory while you uh, swapped out batteries if you had to. You like if your battery's running out of juice, you could just put it to spend, pull the battery out. The hot swap battery would hold enough charge to keep the memory active while you put in another fresh battery. And this is back in the days of nickel cadmium rechargeable battery. You're talking about 45 minutes or an hour on a battery. Yeah, and anyway. The CMOS battery would go out about every two years on those things. So they'd have to go to a computer shop to get someone to replace it. And if they did it wrong, bad things would happen. And as an example, a lawyer's wife who had one of these laptops was using it on an airplane. <laughs> pregnant because, lawyer's wife. Yeah, pregnant, pregnant lawyer's wife, yeah. Oh dear. was using it on an airplane. And because it was wired wrong in the shop, that thing exploded. 
and so it pops straight up and straight down. Oh. And we're talking, and we're talking just you know the 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 keyboard was bent up into a, an A-frame <laughs> from the force of that. And of course she got you know a heavy case of tinnitus uh, from that. And I think that I don't think it was a lawsuit. I think that we just agreed to give them computers for the rest of time. Wasn't that what happened there, Bill? That was before my time. I only saw the yeah. after. Math, but it, I, yeah, it blew I mean, all the keys that, off the keyboard. Yeah, our product almost killed you, so to make it right, we're going to give you more of them all the rest of your life. Yes. Imagine if that had happened today <laughs> on an airplane, though. Oh, no. my God. Yeah, that yeah. would be all over the news. Uh, it all be in Guantanamo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. And then they had the infamous China Syndrome laptop where the, the uh, processor would burn through the bottom. Oh, jeez. It's good to know that like the tech side of computers over the years has, has kind of gone parallel to to the gaming side and that it, it seems to be one of the few products that you can kind of release into the public without it actually being done. <laughs> Am well, I wrong? I, and, you I know, just thought the company's gone tested. so I can say all this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but, you know, yeah, you as see soon that as, the games themselves too, you get, you know, released. As soon as we that, saw the end was near, we bailed like rats. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been in the same, my same, uh, I'd say the same company, but the, the company I have is Changed names or been bought out once or twice over the years, but I've been in my same you know same company now for 18 years. I've been very lucky in that respect. Buyouts can be to your advantage sometimes. Yeah. Now going back to to this though, by far the most user friendly game that we had in all of this was uh, Wolfenstein uh, Enemy Territory, mm-hmm. and this game is still out there being used today. Where you know basically it's uh, using the same engine and everything from uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, which was a later first-person shooter that came out with a World War II scenario. Right. And and part of it was World War II, as gritty as it was, all the fun, you know, I say fun, but, you know, all the, the, the combat things. And then it had, of course, the, the mystical side, you know, because, of course, Hitler was a fanatic on the subject. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you you would run into all sorts of, of mystical creatures and everything and have to fight them as well as fight the Nazis. So kill Nazis, kill zombies, kill ghosts, kill demons. It's all fun. Sign me up, yep. But enemy territory was strictly a uh, team fortress kind of, of, of situation where it gave you multiple <laughs> different things, capture the flag, and basically... Yeah. Set off the explosions in, the, in their you know weapons depot. Steal the there was actually a, a Kelly's Heroes Ooh. segment in there where you actually got to go break into the bank, steal all the gold, and you had to get the truck out of the city. Even I hated getting, that level. Getting around the tank. I really and hated that level. I love that. It's my favorite out of all of them. Now, one of the and, one of the first like online, it was a Valve mod of Half Life, I think, and it was maybe like date. Counter. Yeah, I played Team Fortress, but Day of Defeat, I think it was. was oh like yes, the, the I World remember when that dropped. Said, what the hell is this? Yeah, it was so much. It was sweet. I think See, we I should. I never saw that one. Yeah, that me was neither. Great. I think we should. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about like what was our first online gaming experience, like the the bare minimum, the first one. Like I, I can remember, when I was in college in 1990. No, it was even before that, I think. Uh, we had a friend that worked on the military base, and they had some kind of DOD, like Dungeons & Dragons, bulletin board type-ish game, although it was kind of real-time, actually. So that was, I don't even know what it was called. There's probably a technical name for it, but 
it was, you know, that was like my first introduction to the concept that it's like there are other people playing this game with me. It was just like so astounding to me at the time because, you know, before that we had, you know, if you wanted to play a game with another person, you had to sit next to them in the same room on the same console. Yeah. You know, sharing controllers and stuff. Maybe you were playing Pong or, you know, something like that. But <laughs> this was like, you know, you can actually make decisions with your team and, and make stuff happen. Had you ever played Net Wars or heard of Net Wars? Yeah, I heard of it. I, I never I never delved into that because I, I said I was hobbled a lot by I never had like the money for high-end computers or, you know, up till a certain point, eventually I did, but, or, or really fast internet, you know, I didn't even know what to, you know, I was using whatever internet I was able to beg my parents to get for a while anyway, and um, whatever I could afford out on my own, which wasn't much. So, I mean, if I were getting to play like any kind of real time game, I was, you know, I was the poster boy for death by lag pretty much. <laughs> uh, in a lot of circumstances, and it just gets, you know, old after a while when you're loading the game for 10-ish minutes, and then you get on and you die within five seconds of every time you spawn. So, yeah, eventually I just kind of moved away from that and got into my nice turn-based strategy games and such. <laughs> that so you're talking like you're, you're talking the uh, was Tiberian Sun and. Yeah, I used to play a lot of the Command and Conquer online, and as I said, I didn't have enough friends to do the land thing, so I was, I was bound by the next best thing, which is you know the, the internet stuff and playing we, with strangers. But I do, I do remember we did try playing Command and Conquer one night, Bill. Maybe that's what you were thinking of. No, no, Command and Conquer never did small people and giant pool tables or anything like that. Yeah. I'm telling yeah, you, that I, was I, enemy territory or some variation. Yeah, a mod. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to research that until I find it because that's just. Yeah, I. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, we tried doing. You know, the the command. And oh, I mean, Unreal. Like that. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Unreal. Yeah, I remember. It was that. an Unreal mod. Oh yeah, for Unreal Tournament, which okay. Unreal Tournament, of course, was also one of the great uh, first-person shooter games, network games. And that's also, I mean, that's the same thing as the engine, the Unreal Engine, right? That's where that came. Right. From. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's still going. Today, you know, obviously, everything. Let I me throw something in about uh, online gaming. Cause I, I, yeah. I predate y'all by a little bit, and my yeah. first experience was Genie. GE had uh, computer access all over the U.S., and after business hours, you could dial in for a fee and use their network. And they had a bunch of online uh, oh, wow. interactive uh, text adventure games you could play. I just found a, a brochure for that actually in a garage sale gloat find I just made actually. <laughs> this D and D game I just found it had a nice little brochure for Genie Gaming in it. Sorry. Tangent. Yeah, they had uh, they had Genie and then uh, CompuServe and there was a couple others. Oh, and yeah, there's of course AOL, you know, sprung from all that definitely as the champion. But wasn't there one that began with a was it? I, I want to say it was uh, like with Packard Bell or golly, I'm just I'm, I'm blanking on it because there was so many different online services back then. Yeah, you didn't know what the hell they got, and you know there were some <laughs> free ones, and you know I always do you kind of lead towards one? the free ones, but and of course yeah. Do you rem- do you remember the one where they sent out a monochrome terminal to your house? No. You could connect it to the phone line and get into chat. It was basically just about getting in chat rooms with people. Yeah. 
and and get, you know getting out there to meet people. I remember I, they I had a web it. TV for a while too. Yeah. Yeah, it was just yeah. And wow. I know they did that over in England with the little terminals and things, and people were hacking those, but I don't remember them here. Yeah, they had them here in DFW for a while. Rob Stewart, uh, who was one of my friends, you know, running friends back in those days, uh, loved to use it because he'd always find ways to, to meet girls. But, you know, he he's just one of those guys that could sit there and talk any girl out of anything at any time of day or night. And he's our age now, and I think he's dating or married to a 20-year-old or something <laughs> like that right now. So, you know, it's a... Hey. <laughs> Has he written a book um, that I could read and... Figure out some tips on stuff like that. Never mind. He just says it's all in the wrists. Whatever that means. Okay. I will <laughs> not even go in there. But uh, I guess, would you guys agree that, like, the land, you know, massive land parties you guys used to do, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, I I have to think the birth of these gaming services like Battle.net and everything you know, or is a direct result of that. It's the, the direct child of the land party and that somebody's setting up, you know, something online that you can log into and and do that with strangers that you can eventually get to know and obviously friend and, and play with the same team over and over, but um Okay. It's almost a rhetorical that. question. <laughs> yeah, well you understand that. You understand that really well. Can you explain something to me? Mm-hmm. Probably not. My Minecraft. Okay. Minecraft. I want to understand that because my son, my nine-year-old son, gets on the PlayStation and he just spends hours playing Minecraft. And this thing looks like an eight-bit game from when we were back on our twenty-six hundred. Yeah, um, it's. I've, I've played I think it part of it is, is is it can be it, it. You can play it multiplayer, so you can build stuff yeah. with other people. Yeah, I think. It's a it's digital Legos, and I think that's why kids yeah. like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, it's, it's really, really it I think it's a really good thing for kids. I mean, I think it's a good learning. Maybe story. that's our problem, Brian. Is the Legos we played with didn't have wheels and figures. Well, they didn't and, have uh, zombies attacking you at night either, which adds a whole <laughs> other level to things. Yeah, so. I mean, the, for the most part, it's like, yeah, there's that aspect of it, but it really is, you know, I want to just go out and I want to build a my own house and well, people have do done all this fun just stuff. ridiculous things i mean if, if yeah. oh yeah if it's we crazy. get together like you know like people can get together in the virtual world i'm gonna go like all hippie here for a second man and if we could like translate that over to the real world and get together and sing kubaya maybe we wouldn't be shooting each other as fucking much as we do but off a soapbox now that that ties in any of you guys read the book ready player one I have not, but since nobody's making a movie out of it, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah, I've, been, I've actually been ordered by Demanza Corp. Me and Bill need to actually read that book and review. I'm putting this out here now, Dr. Bill, as like written in blood that we have to do this, that we have to read it and review it before the fucking movie comes out. Cause I hope for a video movie, game show, and we should do that. I hope the movie does the book justice. Uh, yeah, so do I. I think, I mean, I hear it's dripping with 80s nostalgia, and that's pretty Ooh. much... I hope, soul, I, so. it, I hope it handles it better than um, than Pixels did. Yeah, well, yeah uh, I, I, actually, I haven't seen I, that, but I had high I hopes for it, it, but I heard it's horrible. So I liked it, but I liked it because of how it mocked Billy Mitchell so much. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe I have to see it now. Yeah, if if I mean if you just hate Billy Mitchell, yeah, you got to go see that. You got to see Pixels. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bill, do you know who Billy Mitchell is? 
got no clue. Uh, there's a documentary out, and I think it's on Netflix called uh, King The Kong. King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters. And it's about these guys trying to get the highest score ever on Donkey Kong. Yeah. And there was one guy in the 80s who became the master of Pac-Man uh, beyond everything else. He was the master of Pac-Man. His name is Billy Mitchell. And probably the biggest ego you ever saw on someone, and that was his claim to fame. And he still dresses like he's in the 80s, too. Yeah. And, and so uh, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of heavy competition on getting higher scores on Donkey Kong. And uh, Billy Mitchell, you know, he, he, he couldn't let these other guys do it. So he goes in and puts in a tape showing that he got the high score. And as I understand, he got busted. And wasn't it in the documentary? Um, the documentary is, is really good. There is They do play around with some of it, um, some of the time frame stuff on. It's a little screwy. Um, but... Uh, they originally accepted his tape as as Bond because he's yeah. been so involved in the you know retro gaming thing, um, but you know eventually yeah they do call it back. The the two guys that they focus the story on they do end up having you know they I think the other guy ends up taking it. I can't remember, well, you, but it has gone you know, actually back and forth a couple of several times since then. Well, you know who is actually right now the leader on uh, the Donkey Kong is the guy that was walking around the arcade telling everybody the kill screen's coming. <laughs> Remember that geek? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. It's good to uh, have goals. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, the, the movie makes fun of Billy Mitchell, and, and so I, it gets my full support just for that. Uh, you know, it, it does, does a lot of things for a lot of the old arcade games, and uh, what, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Um, Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Dinklage is hilarious in that movie, and he is basically playing Billy Mitchell. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, got the, yeah. Anyway, <coughs> m- moving on, we were talking about, um, I, I side-railed us with that. No, well, as long as we're sidetracked on oh. movies, I yeah, have a story a to tell on Brian. Oh, no. All right. Go ahead. Dirt. Okay. So, Brian and, and uh, his other Star Trek followers had a deal going with people that worked at the movie theater so we got to see stuff before it opened yeah and we had this group of people that would all go see different movies and whatnot the night before they opened now sometimes it was a good movie sometimes it was space camp <laughs> yeah hey, hey space I like, camp. you know yeah was two hours ready. of my life Childhood i will never bro. get back <laughs> so anyway uh this wasn't one of those those nights, we, we went to a regular theater that was full of people to see Army of Darkness. <laughs> awesome. So we're, we're doing, and I, I know y'all have seen it. And so all these guys are Trekkies, and, and I, I'm in my mid-50s, and Brian and his friends are about five, six years younger. And so anyway, we're sitting there, and they get to the part where he's got to get the, the book, and he's got to say the phrase that pays to take the book. And... They mentioned the phrase, and Sean and I die laughing. And Brian looks over at us. Nobody else in the theater's laughing but the two of us. And Brian has no clue. Hey, hey, we're, we're dropping out a lot. Are you guys hearing it drop? A little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little. Not too bad, though. Yeah, but... But, yeah, but it, you it, know what he says, right? Klaatu Varata Nikto. Nikto, yeah. I had never seen the day the air stood still. Brian, they used to show no that clue. like once a week, and any kid that was ever sick from school saw it. Yeah, I'd seen it before. I, saw I was it. always War waiting Gar- for War of the Gargantuas and Attack of the Mole People. <laughs> right, yeah. War of the Mushroom Gargantua. People. Day of the Triffids. Day of the Triffids. Yes. 
dark oh, shadows. And what's funny is that I knew that Michael Rennie was in it, <laughs> but I knew that because of the song in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> oh, man. Now, now is as far as <laughs> to Jim Jones and Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, Jesus. Is, <laughs> Did we mention oh, we're no. a bit irreverent? Oh, good. That's, that's the only way to be. If you're under, like, 35 and listening to this podcast, you're already done. You, you know, no way. You better start Googling now. I'm 36. I'm getting all the references. Oh, all right. Okay. That's cool. But going back to Doom, you're hipper going than back your to years, the movies, man. going back to the movies, though, there's an, aside from Ready Player One that's getting ready to come out, there's a Spielberg movie coming out called BFG. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, now, are y'all thinking the same thing? Totally, totally. As soon as oh, of course. The, the day I first saw that announcement, I'm like, new Doom movie? What? Yeah. Yeah, because in Doom, you had the BFG, which was big. Fucking gun. 2000. And so every time I hear about the Spielberg movie, BFG, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. Now I find out it's a kid's story. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, that reference predates Doom by quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I but that just that shows you that our gamer mindset. That that's where my that's every time I see it, that's where my brain goes totally. Yeah. Well, and Taco Bueno has a big freaking taco. <laughs> I need to Seriously. get to Texas. Apparently, <laughs> I need a big freaking taco. Definitely. And that one thing that we haven't talked about in all of this, and it was you know one uh, or series of games that we did play on the land parties. Was the Star Wars Jedi Knight games? Uh, oh, right, yeah. yeah, I got to play some out online. Yeah, now they good. had great mods, yes. great <laughs> levels that you could sit there and download. And to this day, one of my favorite moments, I was playing my friend uh, Kevin Topham, and we were on the gantry in Empire Strikes Back. We're in the, the Cloud City. Yes, I remember that mod. And I'm playing Luke. He's playing Vader. And I actually pulled the Obi Wan jump from one side of the gantry to the other I flipped over him and chopped him in half nice my finest moment nice <laughs> uh, I don't remember all I, of that much I remember man I, I don't know I remember you could like choose all you could have like full force powers and shit and yeah it was sweet and I was never very good at it at all uh, again like lag depth most of the time but at least I'm gonna blame it on lag depth and not my <laughs> general incompetence of games that I love I usually sucked pretty bad at, at games, but there was one night that we played that game, and I had the right mixture of caffeine and alcohol, and I would just kick an ass, and I was the right impressed. Right of grease on the joystick. I think that's yeah. really the genesis of my out-of-control game-buying habit, is that I'm so bad at most of them, I just keep buying them to finally find the one that I can beat, and I should have learned long ago that I'm just not meant to play video games. <laughs> and they used to sell the cheat books. Before uh, we had the internet, still do. Had I don't know why. And you had the invisible ink marker that you colored <laughs> the blue in with to read it. Mm-hmm. See, I always, hard, I always tried my hardest to avoid, and I even put away games that I'll you know, finish because oh. I just kind of refuse to cross that line with them. But other, I just see all the cutscenes at least. <laughs> now, in in our our land party situation ended pretty much about uh, just over 10 years ago. Stop the conversation cold. What? Well. Are you guys hearing me at all? I think there's a correlation. <laughs> yeah. You're not. It's a, okay. It's a, it's a little, little choppy. Well, for me it was cutting out so I thought you guys didn't even hear what I said. 
and you guys cut out again. Can you hear me? No, you're have to clear on We heard about the, the party. Oh, I hear you. I can hear you, Brad. Yeah, I'm okay. here. We're trying. Hello? No, but like what I was saying is about <laughs> 10 years ago, about 10 years ago is when I got married, and my stepson, Michael G, uh, Michael D, joined our, our gaming group for the LAN parties, and he could snipe anybody. It was it was the, the everybody in our group was just like oh man no he's not playing because he would just go snipe 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 even people yeah. on the same team <laughs> uh, and uh, he he was you know, he just showed everybody how bad we are at gaming he was a real gamer I, I got we just I got pretty good at uh, like some of the military like battlefield games and stuff I played online. I got pretty good at survivability after a while, just kind of running around and not doing much and following the better players. That's always a good good tip, is just find the oh, yeah. really good players and stay right behind them and watch their six and rack up a you know or, or an assist for a kill every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the finest moment for me, and funny, one of the funnier ones, was uh, one year uh, we, we had a land party and... Several of the guys got together and said, Brian, we got this for you. And they gave me my own action figure. Aww. And it was a G.I. Joe engineer, and it had my name up on the top nice. on the helmet. Nice. And it, it was pretty cool. Because whenever we were doing enemy territory, I was always playing the engineer because I like blowing stuff up. And then the next year, we had a land party, and one of the guys walks over and he goes, Hey, Brian, uh, how do you like that action figure? Because I had it right up here on my mantle right next to my desk. I said, love it. He goes, well, have you looked at it? And I said, well, I've looked at it. And he goes, no, no, have you taken his clothes off? And I said, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? So he opens up the shirt on the guy, and there is a, a, polka, a red and white polka-dotted uh, bikini top on it or bra. <laughs> and I'm like, what did you guys do? And he goes, yeah, it's got a whole bra and panties on this thing. And I'm just like, I button it back up. I put it away. I'm not looking at it. The next year, he comes up again. So, did you take the bra and panties off? I said, no, I'm not that guy either. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I've got it over up in the, in, a, in the case we have up there. And if you unbutton it, you'll see bra and panties. And on. you're still not taking the bra and panties off yet? No, I am not that guy. You know, you know there's a surprise waiting under there. So, you know, curiosity would have killed me by now. <laughs> Maybe he's like Action Man, all plastic pants much. and trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Action Jack, Bill. Action Jack. No, that, that's a that's a Red Dwarf uh, reference. I had a question for you guys. Um, when you guys did like the land party, I don't, did the old games keep track of any kind of stats or anything? Not really. No. So I mean, did you ever like do your own little leaderboards and ladders and stuff like that? Well, the games did it for you on a per did game it? basis. See, I remember for yeah. one. I remember I used to play a game called Myth, which was uh, real time strategy fantasy, but it was like. Very 3D. You actually had 3D landscapes, and you could use terrain to your advantage. Um, and it had an online service through, I think, Battle.net or Bungie or so. It was a Bungie game, I think. So I think it was Battle.net, but it had a voluntary ladder system. Like, so if you you challenge somebody to to a match, I played quite a few on here, and you won. You basically had to like email each other and log into the website and. You know, claim that you won, and the other person had to confirm <laughs> it. Yeah, it's like this is like ancient days, kids. You know, and 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 of course, every now and then you'd find a douchebag that would refuse to, you know, to acknowledge that you beat them. And you know, but one of my proudest moments was finally getting on that leaderboard and 
somebody acknowledging that I'd beaten them. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> but now it's like nothing. Uh, you've, you've got your, your online stats in the games, and you know the thing is the the variations I think are are the funny things. Like, you know when it when Doom came out, there was a bunch of games that came out that ran off the same engine. Yeah. Once it became available, and, and then as each new graphics engine came out, you would get this this spawning of other games. And one of the funniest ones was Redneck Rampage. Yeah, I remember that vaguely, and I'm gonna have the Flying Bagel. I'm gonna have fun <laughs> well, looking up the videos for that one. But. What now? What was it with? Uh, there was like beer, and there was something else to Moon Pie. Well, the original, you had RC yeah. Cola, Genuine Moon Pies, Pork Rinds. And uh, beer were your health power-ups. Nice. And that was in the demo, but later it just became, you know, some kind of pie, and, you know, they took all the brand names away. Damn it. I was going to say, it actually had RC Cola. I'm looking up images right now. But if you... And now, the thing is, you could drink beer for health, but if you drank too much, you would get drunk, wouldn't you? Yeah, you had two, two, your- you had two gauges. You had one for health and one for alcohol. <laughs> and if you got up to the alcohol deal too high, your character would not move in the direction you tried to make him go. Nice. And of course, you know, if you're playing this in a network game, and this is also around the time that South Park was hitting it real big, you would invariably hear someone scream out, Look out! It's coming right at us! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before he shot the deer. Nice. But there were, I mean, you know, there was just so many different uh, um, games out there, and I'm trying to remember some of the more off-brand but uh, fun games. I mean, Half-Life came in, and I, I thought that was just an off-brand game, and it, it of course, turned into a, a pretty big thing. Uh, I pumped a lot of hours into Half-Life. <laughs> but you had your, your Duke Nukem, of course, you know, Quake, and then, uh, what was the... Oh, there was two multi-platform games, Tremulous and uh, Urban combat or something like that that were Linux, Mac, Windows, but the, the graphics were horrible, but you, anybody could play it. Yeah, and Tremulous was big bugs. Yeah. I was surprised no one ever did like a, a they did a pretty good top-down Starship Troopers game, but I was surprised no one did a first-person shooter on that one. I think they did eventually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and wasn't, wasn't Quake 3 all network, no single player. Yeah, Quake 3 Arena was just all multiplayer. And yeah, I hated that. I, I, I like to have that that single player playing your own don't have to be on the network kind of game. I never bothered. Did anyone else play Tribes? Anyone else remember that? I forget who maybe it was Sierra uh, put that out, but it was more it was kind of one of the first larger type army you know, games. I think it was mostly third person, but you were bopping around you know, 3D landscapes. It was science fiction. Um, that was pretty tense. See, I, yeah, I, I never sucks. played it. I'd heard of it. Now, you know, I'm just sitting here. All of a sudden, I, I flash back to what I think was probably one of the first 3D graphics games, even before all this. And let's see if you guys remember this from the Commodore 64 days. Rescue on Fractalus. Oh, yes. Oh, was... That does sound familiar. Now, that was, a, that was just a really, really fun game where you flew a, basically a spaceship and you come in down to a planet and you're supposed to rescue um, you know, astronaut, spaceman, whatever. Yeah. 
and uh, the the fractalins or whatever the aliens were would uh, be there, and they would actually portray, pretend to be one of these guys. And if you actually didn't let them into your ship, you'd you know wind up crashing. But I remember you could sit there and just blow them up outside, and you could tell it was a lizard man, kind of like uh, playing on the V for uh, the V uh, hysteria back then. Yeah, yeah. But that was a LucasArts game, if I remember right. It does sound vaguely familiar. And, and that that had some pretty decent, you know, 3D. It was better than the flight simulators that were out at the time, F-15 or F-16 Strike Eagle. God, I remember playing that on your Commodore. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a new version of Fractalus out now. It's freeware that you can you can download and play. Hmm. I have a dog here. I have to let out the back door. So bear with me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, I I uh, sent a couple <laughs> of links for Tremulous and Urban Terror. I mean, yeah, it's genre, it's, it's obviously ridiculously, you know, it's it's almost, well, I said Quake went out to, what, like, Quake 3 or 4, right? Did, was there a Quake 4, or did it just go yeah. to 3 and Quake, Quake Arena? No, there's Quake 4, I think it was what, Enemy Territory. That's yeah. what I'm yeah, that right, they ever brought back. Um, but, you know, Doom, obviously, just, I was hoping, I think Dr. Bill had talked to somebody who who's been playing the new Doom, um, which if you've watched TV at all in like the last few months, you've probably seen an ad for it, and it just looks ridiculous. I, I don't think my heart could take the new Doom. <laughs> I remember all you, the demons rushing. That was like one of the first games, too, where, I mean, there were a lot of there were a lot of first-person type games, but a lot of them were like turn-based, or, you know, you would go a square, and nothing would move. But Doom was like one of the first shooters that things would actually rush at you and kind of almost had their own agenda and you know would chase you oh yeah well Basically. doom just drops you in too like, like there's yeah, no story yeah, you just, load up doom for the first time as soon as you yeah. get a gun it's oh shit okay yeah, yeah and it doesn't need one it's just a, here's some weapons and go shoot demons and try to get as deep as you can <laughs> yeah, yeah. The BFG. yeah i think you're right uh team fortress was quake four somewhere i've got my special limited edition 10 with quake 3 in it around here somewhere <laughs> i said then i, I got into the half-life and i mostly played the online shooters that spawned from that and from a uh, valve which was like counter-strike counter-strike was cool and i think like day of defeat was actually kind of a counter-strike mod day of defeat kind of i think was first i think uh, yeah it? you might be yeah i think you might be right here yeah, defeat I, I think was the first time i ever played an on a multiplayer online yeah game. and then why well, i'd played the uh, you could run around like the the, the half-life maps too i think i battled people on there quite a bit and that almost kind of evolved into like the team fortress and counter-strike and yeah but then they someone put out that day of defeat and that was just crazy because i'd also played like the the medal of honor games before oh, yeah. all like single player, you know, World War Two and Yeah, I think those were harder to do in a LAN environment. I mean the things that the thing that made a lot of the games uh, easy to do in a LAN environment is if that a they weren't as concerned about licensing uh, as as other companies. Right. You know, when you when you played Doom or Quake or anything, you could sit there and load it on as many systems as you could if you had just one license code. And, you know, it's like uh, with Unreal Tournament, even all the way up to 2004, you could sit there, if you had the CD, you could sit there and load it on any system, just stick it in there, load it up, and they could play. Mm. But a lot of companies started getting real heavy into the copy protection 
around that time. And then if you didn't, you know, it's like you, everybody would have to have a different code in order to be able to play. And it made those games impossible to do in a land environment. Now, the the enemy territory, the Wolfenstein enemy territory was beautiful because it was 300 megabytes in size to, down, to download the game. You could just put it on a, a CD and pass that out to everybody. They could load it on their system, or you could just put it on a, a share, and everybody could load it up real quick. Yeah. And you, you could be going in 10 minutes. Now, when we first started, you know, like Bill said, we had like a five-port hub, and so we had to get everybody running off of that. Then uh, one of my friends brought over an Acton 12-port uh, 10-base T-hub, and then my friend Roger Roger Cass brought over a 24-port uh, switch. And so we were able to get everybody going that. We never really took off on the playing with these things when it was wireless, though. And back then, you know, 10 years ago, wireless was going on, but there were so many collisions that yeah. it, it, it wasn't, you know, feasible to it's do. like the old party uh, line TVs way. or telephone telephones. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, now, <laughs> I think if I did a LAN party now, everybody would be bringing over laptops and everybody would be getting on the wireless. I just, I just don't know how well it would work now if you had more than, say, five or six people. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm astounded by even, the, like, the Battlefield series was, was quite a while ago when that first came out, and that was, you know, the big selling point of that was you could have up to 24 players at, you know, at once or something like that, so you'd have, you know, like, literally 12 people on your team, you know, rushing around against 12 other people on the German side or whatever and that was just like wow and command and conquer got like that too they ended up like expanding eventually and you could have eight players or 12 players you know massive map and a game that you could never finish <laughs> yeah i see I, i've never gotten into any of those i think i tried one of them uh they were very heavily i mean i i like because I could do reasonably well with them because you just, I mean, you get killed a lot but you spawned almost instantly and you just that was kind of how the game was set up it just you kept counting off your casualties as you respawn and eventually one side ran out of, you know respawns and that's how you won the battle yeah. hmm. Did you ever play the uh, the Unreal tournament games? No, I, I did play like the Unreal single player stuff briefly but no, never got in I don't know, I had a big gap of not being online during those days, apparently. So I'm sure I would have been into it. I mean, they had some of the better uh, capture-the-flag type scenarios, mm. and a lot of what you saw in Unreal Tournament is what translated over when they went to the console in Halo and other games like that. There was a lot of, uh, I guess, merging of technology back then, and those, those were probably the more like, you know, like games. Now, I'm not a Halo person. I've never played Halo ever. Now me either. Uh, I feel like culturally deficient because of it, because it's fairly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like Halo's, you know, the, 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 one of almost the game edition of Superman. Everybody knows what Halo is, and I've never even touched one of them. What was that game, you? Brian? That uh, was it? America's Army that they were hyping on TV, and you could you could right. play. That was I, I've sponsored by the military. That, yeah, I played that quite significantly, actually, Bill. Um, ask me anything. Um, yeah, I jumped on that when that first came out because first free game, fuck yeah, um, and yeah, online and it was it would compared to what's out now. I mean, it was hardly exciting. It was it was more very realistic, and you know, I guess they were actually using it to train soldiers too, and you, you can believe it. But 
but it was pretty high tech for the day. Um, and the graphics were awesome, and the, the physics were like second to none for the day. So that was always fun, but but never did very well at that. I was uh, there was like very few maps and stuff for it. I mean, the military didn't exactly pump out serious amounts of, of content for it, but eventually it's still going, and eventually it, it got some good stuff. But um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was one of my first ones I stuck with for quite a quite a while. Uh, um, and you had to like go through basic training. You couldn't even. It was hard on lock later levels and actually get to a point where you were battling more than three or four people at a time. Yeah, that's what I hated about it. I'm kind of chuckling at you guys because most of what I do involves sitting and listening, doing tech support for stuff. So I learned to recognize lots of sounds and I hear things that other people don't during conversations. So I'm cracking up with all the noises I'm hearing in the background. <laughs> yeah, I will. I usually get slapped by my girlfriend for my fidgeting and noises that I'm pumping into my podcast, but I, I decided a long time ago I don't really care. I'm sitting here at a microphone in my living room, and if my audience can't accept the peripheral collateral damage of that, then I don't know. Let's see, like in, in my job, every now and then I'll be asked to listen to a call to determine what actually happened, you know, to see if I can understand the innocuous sounds in the background to figure out what somebody's doing yeah. whether it's the employee or the customer or whatever in, in situations so it's like I, I you know that I picked up from years doing phone support uh, with Bill and, and others and it's one of the more fun aspects of the job that I do well I, I got so good on the laptops I could tell by the sound of the battery latch which model they had no way oh, nice and I would tell them okay you unlatch it, but when you turn the computer over, put your hand over the battery or you're going to drop it on your foot. And about that time, you hear it hit the floor. <laughs> and they're probably just sitting there thinking, does this guy have a camera into my house? How, how does he know it? <laughs> that's, that's a question we got from a lot of people. Really? Looking at me through the laptop. You know, they thought they thought that we you know, were watching them or something just because we knew what was going on. Only the hot ones. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, this was the 90s, and computers, there were no hot ones. Yep. And oh. thank God no uh, cam deals. No. Now, we did have... Um, should I tell them about Calvin? Yeah, but don't don't mention any names. Okay. I'll Other than Calvin. Yeah. Other, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Calvin. Well, maybe well, his I mean, name was Hobbs, too. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it's a matter of public record as it is, but... Um, I'm trying to remember who brought in his resume. Someone had brought in a resume for this guy, and he had some really, really good tech skills, just amazing tech skills on there. And we brought him in, and he was very timid, uh, soft-spoken, nice guy, though, very curious about anything tech. You know, he just he craved learning, you know, about anything in the tech realm. And he was also very helpful and sharing. He would give out any information that he had if he thought it would be helpful to anybody else. And uh, I actually got to interview him and uh, re recommend him to be hired. And uh, it was like about a year after he got hired, I think, is when all this came up. Was it one year or two years, Bill? Yeah, about a year. Uh, yeah. He uh, pulled each of us aside and talked to us for several minutes asking if we could write a letter for him. 
And I'm like, well, what kind of letter? What's going on? And, and turns out, he goes, well, do you read the Wall Street Journal? And I'm like, not regularly, no. And turns out that the front page story was about him and several other, as they called them, a group of loners who had hacked MCI, Long Distance Company, Ooh, okay. to the tune of about $2.2 million. <laughs> so they'd uh, basically hacked them, got a bunch of long distance numbers, and they would sell them. You know, it for a discount yep. to people. And um, what had happened is, even before he got hired by the company we were working at, the FBI broke down his door, came in, confiscated everything he had, and then they said, "You'll hear from us." <laughs> they didn't arrest him. Yeah, they didn't arrest him. They didn't put him up on charges. Nothing. And he sat there for a while, not knowing what was going to happen, and wondering if anything was going to happen. And then finally, as the story was about to break, is when he was actually having to start, you know, be charged and go to court and everything. And he was hoping that we could write a letter of recommendation or whatever to to the judge about his character. And am I missing anything there, Bill? I just uploaded a link to the story. Yeah. The... uh, the, the thing is, it's like, you know, he asked me if I write something. I said, I, I can, but I'm afraid that anything I write would actually hurt your case. Yeah. Because I felt like George in Seinfeld talking about his girl trying to break out of prison. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really, <laughs> you know, he's really crafty. He knows a lot of tech stuff. He likes to share his information. <laughs> you know, uh, it was it was really actually a tough situation. And, you know, he wound up... Uh, Still being able to uh, do a tech job after that, though. I mean, he he did you know whatever the prescribed time and everything, and uh, you know he's a pretty good guy. And I felt bad for what happened to him. But of course, you know he did break the law and he did get busted. But it was really really funny because you know he was there for a while and nobody had a clue whatsoever oh. <laughs> to what had happened. He he'd come here for the land parties and then he took us to a meeting of what was the name of that club, Bill? Uh, Twenty six hundred. 2600 club in Dallas. It was basically a club of hackers. And I remember we went into uh, a Mr. Gaddy's. Was it, was it Mr. Gaddy's? No, it was... Uh, was it... Uh, uh, well, we're losing you, Bill. No, I'm still here. Okay, what was it? What was the place? Um, Crap, I don't remember. It was it Preston and Campbell. A, yeah, it was a pizza place, and... and we're sitting there walking around in there, and there's you know one guy over there on uh, one of our laptops, our company's laptops, and he's got some kind of scanner, and he's scanning cell phone numbers out of the air. Oh, shit. And this is back at a time you know when cell phones were not too big, yeah. get starting to get big, and being able to catch that that kind of data was you know really unusual. Uh, and then one guy pulled me aside, and I go, what's going on? He goes, you see that guy over there by the kitchen? And I said, yeah, he's with the FBI. And I said, I'm leaving. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> well, they always thought Randy and I were cops or feds because we'd pull over there in, in this vehicle with all these antennas on top and get out and come in. Okay. Now, did you guys have – well, you guys got cable pretty on early, early on in New York, didn't you? Yeah. See, we didn't first. have cable up, up until – uh, was it about 1990 or 91, I think? And before then, they didn't have regular services. They had uh, some broadcast pay-per-view services. Uh, There's three companies, View, Preview, and On TV. Yeah. And my dad was like, you know, all we have to do is just build a dish and set it out in the yard, point it towards the right thing, and, and you know, put it on a voltage regulator. We can catch a signal. And so he buys a heath kit for one of these things. And Bill, what did he use to make the dish with? 
Well, it wasn't a Heath kit, but it was a kit pre, oh, pre-internet. You could buy these things out of the back of magazines, and we used a trash can lid for the uh, dish. <laughs> so Dad basically invented his own satellite dish to steal cable. Well, I mean, we never we never used it. Uh, I know it, it did get mounted over somebody else's house. No, I think it worked for a while, but it was pretty crappy. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, pay-per-view adult content available, <laughs> and he, exactly. you were you were actually intercepting it between the uh, origin and some of the hotels and things. No shit. I was always stuck watching the fuzzy version on my parents' TV. You know. You could yeah. hear what was going on and kind of imagine it. Oh my god, I think that's a boob. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the best so time. You wait for that one boob. It. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it it was funny. Uh, last week we got we had uh, had to join a conference call, and I joined into the conference call, and it was the music that they played over those channels when they were scrambled. <laughs> nice. You know that like like light, light saxophone and all that. Oh, yeah. And I just walk over to my wife and I go, you ever heard this song before? And she goes, yeah, that's a scrambled cable song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. And I said, okay, so women watched it too. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. We're just uh, boobs they show in those movies. <laughs> so in, in retrospect, what do you think was your favorite out of all those games? Though? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, like, let's go around and kind of say our, our favorite like online playing experience or... Um, you know, from the early days, anyway, or shooter experience. Well, you know, aside from you know Doom itself, because it started everything, I still like the the Wolfenstein uh, Enemy Territory game. I, I will still pull that up and play that one today. You know, uh, I, I never um, played any of the Wolfenstein's. I don't think past like the first you know couple computer ones. I think I maybe played like one of maybe it was Enemy Territory. I don't know, for the most part, I, I was without a, without a computer for a while, so I was bound by what a friend of mine owned. <laughs> so it's probably a good thing. I, but, uh, I he wasn't much my... into the shooters. We we mostly played like the online, you know, real time strategy games and things like that. I didn't have the patience for those. I wanted to shoot stuff. I most of my PC gaming from you know middle school and high school and in college is, is really the LucasArts stuff. Like, I played everything that they came out with. I sunk so many hours into Dark Forces and TIE Fighter yeah. and yeah. the Jedi Knight series. You thought your name was Kyle Katarn? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm bummed I never got to play like the X-Wing online with anybody. I never did, like, X-Wing Alliance or X-Wing versus... That was when I actually stopped playing when I got that one. I was like, oh, man, graphics have gotten so much better now. Why does this still look crappy? And yeah. I was like, all right, maybe it's time to get a, a console. Yeah. Hey, Hero, was, was Bruce Boxleitner the voice for Kyle Katarn, or did they just model the voice on him? Uh, it definitely wasn't him. It was somebody internal at LucasArts. They had most of their internal guys, people that worked for LucasArts, did the voices. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't uh, Bruce Boxleitner. But it sure did sound like <laughs> him. It did sound a little bit like him, yeah. In the first one, yeah, it did sound like him. I'm sure he's probably been in a game somewhere along the line, though. Oh, yeah, he's been in games. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, anything for the buck. Anything for the buck. We'll do a whole whole show on on just, like, celebrity voiceovers one of these times, because it's just... I'm still amazed by some of the the big Hollywood actors that get in some of We should just talk about Wing Commander 3 and 4. Right, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, Brian, here's trivia for you. Yeah. Who was the voice of Jane Jetson? 
Jane Jetson? Yes. Crap. Oh my. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, you know, Jetsons. You know, I watched it as a kid. I probably watched all of it. You know, the the original. But man, sitting there thinking about that voice, it's just not coming up to. No. Not coming up to the first thing I think of is someone like Lee Merriweather, but I oh, doubt no, that. Oh no, 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 way before that. Yeah, who was it? Look it up. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking. I thought I thought you were you were, you had it and you wanted me to look it up. Or I know what Google it is. Google faster. Let's see. Oh man, he's gonna make me go. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. Help that. is your friend. What? Help is your friend. Remember that? Yeah. Julius at AST. Oh, Julie! Oh my gosh, I had not thought. Help of is your friend. Penny Singleton. We we had this one guy there, and he was one of the first trained. He's the one that, that trained us on Windows ninety five, and he had a very southern gentleman style of speaking, and his name was Julius. And I, I, one of the one of the funniest things we were sitting there at a um, Arby's, and we're eating lunch, and Julius has got his chin, his uh, palm under his chin. And his head is bouncing up and down. And it looks like he's counting. And I'm just like, Julius, are you, are you counting how many times you chew? Oh, and he goes, yes, of course. I said, why is that? And he goes, well, you see, a chicken has a gizzard. And the gizzard is what chops up the food for it in his stomach. But I don't have a gizzard. So I have to chew my food 32 times. Oh, God. He was a little OCD oh. back before that was a thing. Yeah, but Julius, Julius was a cool guy. He was a great trainer. I mean, he had no clue whatsoever what Windows 95 was about, and yet was still able to train us on it. Okay, Brian. Now, what did what was Penny Singleton known for? I know that one. Jane uh, Jetson let voice. Let <laughs> After the Thin Man. Blondie. There you go. Oh, really? Blondie. I mean, thanks IMDb. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't know. I had no clue whatsoever. Now, just for Bill, because I know you guys probably know this. Who was the voice of E.T.? I know that one. Uh, I don't. Yeah. E.T., phone home. Yeah. Now, Bill, do you know who was the voice of E.T.? I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. <laughs> but, well, I'll give you another another hint. She was also Wonder Girl on the Wonder Woman TV series. Eh, got no clue. How do I not? Hero? It's, uh, it's, um, oh, what's her freaking name? Uh, not Deborah Winger. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Wow. Urban Cowboy, Legal Eagles, all that. Fuck. Well, you guys just reminded me how old I am. What's up with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the title you know of what? the show anyway, isn't it? Me. <laughs> oh. All right, well, I think we beat this uh, horse to death. Possibly. Um, but, yeah, uh, guys, that has been great. Thank you. Oh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Good, um, uh, take, I enjoyed it. I just an insight into the, the yeah, that the I didn't understand half of what you guys were talking about, but it was very interesting. <laughs> well, Scott, <laughs> so how technically you, deficient you, I am in, in my life. If now. you get a chance, sometime I, I want to record it. Uh, there, there's several stories I've written out. Uh, one of them is uh, my Santa Claus stories called "Santa Doesn't Have Kung Fu Grip." <laughs> His wife's <laughs> No, that's, that's, that's a great story. And then the other one is called The Little Blue Box of David, and that's one that involves Bill, myself, and two of our other friends. Okay. And uh, our very, very first experience with uh, Photon, which was the early laser tag. Oh, oh and my God. They're, they're all out on my notes section in Facebook. So if you go out there, there's several stories out there, really, really fun stuff. 
give it a read, see what you think. Maybe uh, maybe we'll record those sometime as a storyteller. Yeah. Uh, actually, I want to talk a little bit about. I said I, I think my main multiplayer shooter experience was in the Battlefield stuff, and I, I just I love the hell out of that. So I wasn't very good at it, but it was just you know dynamic and and real time and heart pounding, and you know I decided to cut myself off of those games after a certain point, and like I haven't played any like the newer Call of Duty or Battlefields just because. I realized I was getting too old for it. The maps enough. in Battlefield now are ridiculously huge. Yeah, oh, I can only They're imagine. They're enormous. Yeah, they, they were back in, in even Battlefield 1942. I was just, it's like, holy shit, I'm like really standing on this. The beaches of Normandy. and Yeah. Yeah, didn't they have a Vietnam one? Too? Yeah, yeah, I owned that one too. Which is, it I, wasn't I quite as good, but it was, it was cool to get different trains and running through the jungle and but I remember my roommate, uh, Chris Payton, who he sadly passed away a few years ago from cancer. Um, he would sit there and play that one, and he would always have uh, his Zune or whatever it was playing MP3s, playing, of all things, just straight Johnny Cash. Nice. <laughs> the entire time he's sitting there playing that. And it got so depressing sometimes. <laughs> it wasn't like you know any of the upbeat tunes or anything. It was just all sad and depressing. So I never had any interest in playing it. Anyway, uh, but I, that's kind of cutting off on me. You guys are cutting out right now. Last time, uh, we, uh, we can we can hear you. Okay, yeah. I can hear you guys now. Anyway, that's well, all I, I was got. About, I was about to say the Battlefield Vietnam had they, they actually had spent some uh, some money on music rights for that one. It had like some Stones and some Who and some really good old rock tunes to play along with. So that was neat. That's got to be better than Nine Inch Nails and. Reverend Horton <laughs> right. and whatnot. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails was the first Quake, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah they did the music. Yeah. And the Redneck Rampage had Reverend Horton Heat and a bunch of other lesser known rockabilly type performers. Yeah, I mean, the first Doom game, all most of those songs are ripoffs of Pantera songs, too. Really? I did not yeah. know that. Well, they're local, so it's quite possible. Did did you all see the the Doom movie with The Rock? I, mean, I own it. And Doctor McCoy. DeForest yeah. Kelly was in there. Was was the hero? Uh, yeah, he was, Carl, Carl he was the hero. Carl Urban. Oh, okay. Uh, I was <laughs> so amped for that. It was so disappointing. <laughs> it's the, the premise lent itself to just being a, a crazy bug nuts action movie, and it was slow and plodding and. Well, yeah, really I, like I, I never the watched the whole minutes. thing. I never watched the whole thing. But. You're not missing much. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, there was one really good line in the movie, and he didn't even get to finish it. I can't die. I'm the star. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say I'm the star, but that's what you you, you figured was coming out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be too difficult. They'll, they'll remake it eventually. Hopefully, The Rock will still be young enough to, to handle it. The Rock is going to live forever. He, I'm, man... I'm Bambi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his appearance on Saturday Night Live was genius. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live since the 90s. You're also not missing it. Neither, yeah. Though, though, the best skit to come off that show ever uh, was one that that, uh, I found on Hulu, and it was uh, Alec Baldwin and the Wee Boys. Have you seen that? No, I don't think so. You've got to find that skit and watch it. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Basically, it's uh, the sons are playing a game on, on the Wii, and you have to shake the controller. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Yeah, I can see where that might go. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
Yeah, let your mom do it. She's going to be a pro at this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> right, I think we'll leave that visual for the end of the yeah. show. Um, <laughs> but thanks again, guys. Um, appreciate it. And we'll have you on whenever you like. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you some other suggestions here pretty soon when something comes to mind. Sounds good. And it said once we uh, we go legit, we'll give you that official co-producer paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, cool. But, um, yeah, I, right. I enjoyed it too, and uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go dig in my backpack now and see what games I still have. I know. I, I'm gonna have to. Scott, I, I have a, I have an idea for something that anybody that's willing to do it could do is just try to could do an episode where uh, you delve into the myth of Polybius. The what? Polybius. Did you ever hear about that? No Councils for Old Men is exclusive to the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. It is produced by Scott McGregor and David Walker. You can reach us at nocouncilsforoldmen at yahoo.com. All comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms are welcome and will be read on the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and don't forget, if you shop Amazon.com, why don't you do it from the link on our main page at twotruefreaks.com. The No Consoles for Old Men show...
back up. I'm an engineer. Construct the bridge. I need backup. I need a medic. Fire in the hole. First floor. Need a medic. Reinforce the bridge. They've constructed a command post. Bridge reinforced. Thank you. Escort the tank over the bridge. We've destroyed the tunnel grate. They've damaged the tank. We've repaired the tank. Kill me. Escort the tank to the depot gate. Construct the command post. Command post constructed. They've damaged the tank. I need a medic! defenses. Sergeant. 
up the tank to the rear of the depot. Dynamite the fuel dump. Thank you.
killing spree. Great shot. Killing spree. the tank. Landmine spotted. Great shot! Damage the tank. I need ammo. 
Thanks. Thanks. Fire in the hole! Sorry, no problem. Thanks. I'm a field ops. Sorry. Incoming! Incoming! Move! Clear the path. I'm a soldier. Fire, Fire in the hole! Fire in the hole! Great shot! Thank you. Sorry. No problem. 